We're Kenyon and Takara Martin, faith-based marriage coaches, champions for healthy love, and lovers of pizza. And this is the Ask the Martins podcast, where we answer your single, married, or dating relationship questions with practical advice and research-based techniques. Have a relationship question you want answered? Well, send us a direct message on Facebook or Instagram at Ask the Martins or visit us at AskTheMartins.com. Now, let's get into today's episode. So we were excited about that. Go ahead, babe. Let's go ahead and get to this letter. Y'all ready for this letter? I'm, I'm ready, ready for this, this letter. Do, Let's do, do this do, thing. Do, 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 do. Hello, Kenyon and Sakara Martin. I hope this reaches you well. So I have been battling with the decision since cutting ties with my ex. Mm -hmm. I was in a relationship for six years with a man who was married. The entirety of our relationship, I did not know he was married. I found out through the internet and by some red flags that a friend of mine pointed out to me. Mm. I was obviously heartbroken, and when confronting him, he stated that when he's with his wife, he's with his wife. And when he's with me, he's with me. <clears throat> Excuse me. You are right, babe. Through the internet, I have access to his wife's email, and I have battled uh, whether to tell her about the six years I spent thinking that he and I would be building a future together. Mm. I do not want to be a homewrecker. And I want no more to do with him. But I also know that as a wife, I would want to know. We have been broken up for five months now. And I have been battling with uh, if I should reach out to her or not. What do you think? Feel free to ask any other questions if you need to. Sorry, I missed. Yeah, <laughs> that's all right. That's all right. So what we have here is we have a young lady <laughs> who's been in a relationship for six long years unknowingly knowing that this man led a whole nother life right that he was married and now her she, she's actually been broke up with him for five years but now she's wrestling with the idea uh, not five years five months pardon me mm -hmm. but now she's wrestling with the idea of whether she should tell his wife now one thing we want to address first and foremost okay this is extremely important okay one of the most heartbreaking situations about what she wrote to us is that it is not uncommon. Yeah, Takara right. and I both have dealt with um, young ladies primarily, well, only because yeah. no men have come to us with this, young ladies who have come to us not knowing uh, that they were in a relationship with someone else who had a totally different life and who was married and all of that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. um, it does It does sound easy. It does sound um, like it'd it, it be common sense or something of that nature, but we want to make sure that you guys know that it's not that easy. It's, you mean like it, it sounds like it's common sense that she should have known? Right, or she should have seen, or she should have seen <laughs> these different things. And the problem is, is that there's too many people who it's happening to that, that, um, that makes this very clear um, that it's not as easy. So what we want to do is let's uh, go ahead and address the the um, couldn't be me crowd first. Okay. This is very important because I want to make sure that you understand, number one, it's not about you. Okay. Number two, let's have empathy and not judgment. Right. If her heart is broken, she invested into a relationship. 
let's empathize with that part of it rather than judge her what, because of what she didn't see. Mm-hmm. And number three, if I'm to be absolutely honest with the different kind of personalities and then le- levels of intelligence and success, financial and, and uh, academic success that I've dealt with in my time or that we've dealt with together, it really could have been you. It, all it takes is the right influence and the right game. Makes sense? Yeah. And I, yeah. And I think that's what makes it so heartbreaking for someone who is intelligent, you know, someone who sees themselves as like having it all together. Mm-hmm. I should have seen this. Like, and I, you, part of the stuckness that you feel in this place is trying to wrap your mind around what is it that I missed mm-hmm. and going in circles around that. And I, Again, unfortunately, because it's not uncommon, there are a lot of things, a lot of red flags that hindsight, you were like, oh, that could have explained some things that all the time usually means nothing when you're dealing with a completely honest person. Absolutely. Absolutely. So here's what we're going to do. Let's go ahead and answer the questions. Uh, The first uh, the first the question is, should I reach out to my ex's wife? Right. Mm -hmm. First, we'll answer the question. Second, we'll tell you why we answered it that way. Right. And then third, we'll tell you what to do. Make sense? Yep. Fair enough? Fair enough. Okay. Now, then we'll read all the questions or whatever questions you have in the (laughs) the meantime, because I'm hungry for those. All right. Ready? Right. Let's go. Shouldn't I reach out to my ex's wife? Absolutely not. No. (laughs) No, don't. No, really, really don't. Now, let us break down why. It's not that simple. It doesn't sound that simple, but let me break down why. Number one, because she already knows. Anyone who is this good with this behavior and is this okay with this behavior has done it before. He's been there and back. And she's been there with him. She's had the intuition. She's had the heartbreak. She's had the breakdowns. And she's also had the ability to ration Uh, to rationalize why I still stay with him because at least he still comes home. Right. Okay. And so you don't want to put yourself in that predicament or in that situation. It will do no good. Number two. Wait. Yes. Really quickly though. Even if she doesn't know, let's just, let's pretend that she may not know. You have to ask yourself, number one, I know you say if I were her, I would want to know. But really, what is your true intention of really reaching out? There's still a connection to that ex that makes you even continue to talk about and think about her. Like, try to be more honest with yourself about the why. But then also, if she doesn't know, you're only really thinking about getting it off your chest and telling her from that place. But really, when you think about when you do reach out to somebody else's wife, the implications that comes back on you as a result of being that messenger. Absolutely. Like, regardless. And so even if she, like, whether she does or does not, you have to consider 360 what that attempt to blow up his whole life will do and actually come back and blow up in your face. Makes sense. And we'll talk about that. Number two, the other reason why not to do it is he's going to do it again. Do you believe that in those six years in that comfort that you're not the first one and you won't be the last? Six years, exactly. And the reason why is anyone who is this good at compartmentalizing their lives and organizing in such a way that they can hide one side from the other is someone who has already justified doing it in their own character and in themselves. They're going to continue to do just those things. Um, And I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, 
there's not going to be there's not going to be enough consequence for him to stop at least not coming from that wife right okay number three as as this is the biggest one this is a real biggest one Mm -hmm. so pull in here with me i know she's there because she she she, we told her um that we were going to do this you're going to be disappointed all right now let me break what that disappointment does to you Typically, when when someone hurts us this bad, we want justice. Right. We want them to know that they hurt us. We want them to know. We want them to be aware and actually admit that they hurt us. Okay. I want to blow your whole life apart. Right. That's justice. In a sense. Right. (laughs) Right. Justice. That's justice. Justice is like blowing your life up. (laughs) But then what happens is so that we don't look vengeful. Mm-hmm. What we do is we attach our justice to a supposed victim. Right. So we look for a victim to attach our justice to. And the victim that was chosen right here is the wife. OK. Um, and so we'll say to ourselves, I'm OK. I'm through it. But it's not fair for her to live in it. OK. Mm. And what happens is, is that empathy becomes the rationale for saying I need to make that phone call. The problem with it is not only did we just identify how she probably already knows, but the other part of it is, is that what we call the counter catharsis of it. What catharsis is, catharsis is actually an emotional release and relief. Right. I release it and now I'm relieved. That's what catharsis is. We get that kind of catharsis of release and relief when justice is served. Right. All right. Justice just came through. The problem is, is that when justice is disappointed, we don't get that release. We don't get that relief. And then we're frustrated. And that frustrated binds us consistently to them. So now we're at a part of a relationship that we don't even want to be in anymore. And even if they are, even if he is not the topic of how I feel, I'm still bound by this because now what I did has just become frustrated. Yes. Makes sense? Yes. Can I just say something? Mm-hmm. Early on in the letter, she said when she confronted him about being married, he didn't like fight it. He didn't deny it or whatever. He said, listen, when I'm with my wife, I'm with my wife. Mm-hmm. When I'm with you, I'm with you. So he was he was going back and forth. He was act- actively doing this. He was going back and forth. He was active and he was comfortable. Very. What that means is that you already were disappointed by not getting justice. Like the least you would think somebody would do is apologize, beg, plead, and, you know, like really come to you like and make you feel better about the situation. But now he's basically said, I'm comfortable here. You do what you want to do. Like, I'm I'm going to do what I want to do. This is how I am. So now you're justice. Now you've already been disappointed. And so even if it's not intentional, you're like, well, then the wife needs to know because the wife then needs justice. All is honestly, all you're doing is deflecting your need for justice onto the wife and you're putting her in this situation because let's be real. You're not also getting the justice that you feel that you deserve in this either. Right. Absolutely. So if I don't call the wife, if I don't reach out to her, what do I do? Okay. Now we'll tell you what to do, but understand 
that this is six years of stuff that you built, that you invested in, that you had hope in, all this kind of stuff. And so six years of this is mm. not going to be overturned in one podcast. Right. Amen. Okay. So we're going to give you ideas. Okay. We're going to give you steps or not necessarily step, but ideas of things that you need to do. Because really, to be honest, if this is what it, this is about you and what you need has nothing to do with him. Have, has nothing to do with her. This is all about you, what you need, and your peace. Does that make sense? Amen. And the more you, per- I, I, I'll, 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 I'll tell you, we'll, we'll give you good examples in a minute. The first one, first thing you need to do is you need to isolate his behavior as his. <clears throat> That's very important. His character is flawed and it's broken. His behavior was his choice, right? But you have to... it. You have to hold him accountable for how he treated you. Right. And what we mean by that is all too often we, we're looking at who the victim is. We're looking at ourselves as the victim because they hurt us. They disrespected us. We don't know how we, they got us that way. They don't know how we don't know, uh, you know, how stupid we could be or whatever the case may be. I'm not calling you stupid because you are. not Right. That's how people tend That's to feel. That's how we tend to feel. But what you have to do when you hold him accountable for his flawed character, what you're actually doing is separating yourself from his behavior. Right. And you're not allowing his behavior to uh, define who you are. You're not internalizing that behavior. Does that make sense? Yes. This is so very important. That's that's, it's the first thing you need to do because it's the first thing you got to get in your head. His behavior belongs to him. It has nothing to do with me. It has nothing to do with how smart I am, how pretty I am, or whatever the case may be. You have to get that in your head first. Right. Make sense? Yes. Second thing, and and our goal is to free you from this. We don't have to worry about the wife. And I'm going to tell you why in a minute. But our goal is to free you from this, mm-hmm. right? Second thing you have to do is you have to grieve. Grieving or crying or getting it out on purpose is 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 refreshing. It's 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 a catharsis in and of itself. It's mm-hmm. releasing. Mm-hmm. Grieve it like it's someone like it's something that you lost. Grieve it like a death, because it is the death of a relationship. D- grieve it like a lost love. Grieve the pain of losing that. Also, understand that this was a traumatic experience for you. Think about it like this. It doesn't matter how well you drive. It doesn't matter how well the the traffic lights work. Mm -hmm. If someone comes out the blue and hit you, that's going to traumatize you. It's going to traumatize your ability to want to get back into the car. Now, think about this. If someone purposely put you in traffic, knowing that you could potentially get hurt, then that's traumatic as well. Because now you have someone you trusted who victimized you. Like they put you in in traffic in a damaged car. Absolutely. (laughs) And so the point there is you have to grieve that victimization. Okay. You have to grieve that you were part of that. Because what that does is that releases you from feeling like you were complicit in the things that they did that were wrong. So grieving that, okay? Mm-hmm. Grieving that helps get just get that all out. You have to. Um, it is so, so, so important. It's, it's literally psychologically important to spend some time, maybe a month, just taking time to myself, stealing time for myself just to cry it out. All right? That goes for both men and women. Men grieve a little bit differently. But also, you want a grief to relief. What does that mean? 
grief to relief. Have you ever lost someone like they were terminally ill? That's mm-hmm. what you said earlier. Yeah. They were terminally ill. And even though it hurt to lose them, you were glad they weren't going through it anymore. Remember that? Or or you're glad that they're finally at peace. Right. Grieve yourself into a place of relief to peace. Thank God you're not there anymore. Thank God this is not you anymore. Thank God that you don't have to deal with this anymore. Grieve, grieve yourself. It's like crying yourself happy. Right. Make sense? Yes. Okay. Number three. You, you good? I'm good. Okay. 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 Number three. Purposefully disconnect. Remember, this is for you. This is what you need to do. Purposefully disconnect. While you may have already cut him off in several ways, and more than likely after five months and going through the whole tragedy of figuring this thing out, we know you've cr- you've you've cut him off. You did everything. You did you've done your due diligence, but you're still thinking about him. Right. You're still considering him. You still have access to emails and social media. You need to cut purposefully disconnect yourself from him in all those different ways, shapes, forms, and fashions. Deleting phone numbers, disconnecting or blocking in social media, disconnecting and blocking her in social media, delete her email, remove everything that is him from out of you. As a matter of fact, take everything that's at your home that's connected to him, box it up and either send it back to him or burn it up. Yeah, (laughs) I mean, yeah, you don't have to send it. Well, sending it back kind of defeats the purpose exactly. of all this. Exactly. Like, no, 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 don't, don't you do that. <laughs> but get rid of it. And the, the reason for that is, is because now you have to reorientate your atmosphere in order to deal with living without him again. So you want to purposefully disconnect in all ways, shapes, forms, and fashions. Go ahead, babe. Yeah. And again, like we've consistently said, what you're doing with the toying with the idea of reaching out to the wife whether you realize it or not, you're still maintaining some sort of connection to him. Her email address, thinking about her, worried about her, is still a connection to him. Everything you have in your home that was given to you by him, that reminds you of him, whatever, is still a connection and a relationship to him. Yes. If you have truly given yourself the the freedom to move on after this to go away from this Mm -hmm. then you owe it to yourself to get rid of every single tie connection point Mm -hmm. to this person come on otherwise what you're going to end up like you're it's only going to be a matter of time before you reach out to her yes it's only going to be a matter of time because of the grief that you're going through because of the pain that your body is experiencing you're going to hold on to things and you y'all know how we get one late night and if you drink oh nelly like one of them nights you are going to end up reaching out to somebody him or his wife Amen. and so what you want to do is begin to remove every instance from your environment that gives you that keeps you connected amen that was good that was real good the next step is understanding we're going back to the another mental understanding you are not accountable for justice. Listen, vengeance is mine, said the Lord. Again, don't we don't want you to confuse your inability to see this coming as being complicit in the process of adultery. If you didn't know, you didn't know. Right. So you are not accountable for the justice for her. That's not your business. That's not your bad. Don't blame yourself because you are because 
what happens is, is that we feel what we feel and we imagine what another victim could feel. And so what we do is we put ourselves in the place of that victim and we're trying to really psychologically, subconsciously save ourselves from ourselves. Mm. Amen. That's what we're really trying to do. If only I knew and I could save myself from me being blind back then, I would. This is not a, you. This is why disconnection is so important. This is you saving yourself. This is you dealing with that. You are not accountable for any justice outside of you. Right. Okay? Right. Also understand that. that understand this. This is going to be very important because he's been able to do this so well and because he did it for so long. His consistent and perpetual behavior will automatically get the justice it deserves. It will not go unseen. It will not go unheard. It will not go unattended to. Guarantee, I guarantee this. There is a place in life where grace gives you something that you don't deserve, a pass. Mm-hmm. And then with that pass comes repentance, a changing of my mind. But he is so steeped in this that he did this for six years with you. And we don't know what else is going on. Right. That his mind isn't going to change. That's beyond the position of grace. That's beyond that. There's going to take something super heavy and super hard to break him down in order to break him out of that or to make him totally and absolutely pay for that. Mm-hmm. Trust me, he's going to hang himself with his own rope. All right. That has nothing to do with you. Go ahead. Listen. No, 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 no. I have something to say later, but go All ahead. Right. The next one is going to be the hardest. I know. I've been there. She's been there. We've walked three. Pe- we've walked people through it. The next point is the process of forgiveness. You're going to need to process forgiveness, and there's a process to it. But one thing that people, many people don't like forgiveness because they feel like it lets the other person off. Right. Right. And what we've taught and what we counsel and what we coach when, especially when we bring that program back is that forgiveness is not a scapegoat. Forgiveness is not a scapegoat. Think about this. A company who has debtors or people who owe them. um, The reason why they don't collect their own debt is because it costs more for them to collect the debt than to outsource it. Does that make sense? Yeah. Listen, what you just said. <laughs> uh-huh. Companies hire debt collectors because overall they have assessed the cost and they realize that it's too expensive for them to go after that debt themselves. Mm. Let God do what God does. And I mean, I, if, if you're not a faith based person, fine, let life uh, meet him. Let, let the door. Uh, what do you say? Let him meet himself coming back. That's what our grandparents <laughs> used to say. Let him meet himself coming back. But I, as a Christian, I'm going to tell you, let let God do what God does. People do not get to live a life like this and actually be comfortable for long. He's comfortable right now because it has not caught up with him yet in all of the areas. But just let God do what he does. It is too expensive for you emotionally, mentally, psychologically to go after what you believe vengeance should look like, what you believe uh, payment for what he's done to you should look like. It's not worth it to you. It's going to cost you so much more in the long run and you're still 
going to be stuck without a man who, who is going to love you the way that you need to be loved. You're still going to be stuck grieving in the same place, this relationship that you had no idea. You know, it was what it wasn't essentially. Absolutely. It's too expensive. It's too expensive. And all. And so what forgiveness is essentially is releasing a debt. So here you are at work, school or home or somewhere you can't really talk, but you are going through it. Confusion, breakup, self-doubt, worry, whatever it is, you have an urgent need, but you can't really talk to anyone right now. What do you do? Easy. You start texting. You reach out to a friend or someone you trust in a way that lets you stay where you are, but address the madness. People do this every day. And now we can proudly say many people have trusted and turned to us to chat daily. We're Kenyon and Takara Martin of Ask the Martins, and we've been able to bring insight, guidance, and down-to-earth chat support to the emerging needs of others right where they were. We were there for them, and we can be there for you. It's called a fire chat. Ask the Martins Fire Chat is a text coaching service that can be where you are. Fire Chat allows us, Kenyon and Takara, to be that comforting friend, that close confidant, and a real-time coaching counsel that you need, privately, silently, and urgently. Next time you need to chat, schedule a Fire Chat session with Kenyon and Takara. You'll be glad you did. Go to askthemartins.com and schedule your fire chat session today. All appointments are scheduled. First come, first serve. If you pursue what he owes you, you'll find yourself emotionally overextended beyond your ability to afford the effort. That's good. Don't pursue it. Make sense? Yes. Yes. Move yes, yes. forward. His behavior will ensure somebody's going to collect. Okay. Mm-hmm. Finally, number six. The only way something can be totally behind you is if you move forward. That's the only way. We're five months into this breakup and you're thinking backwards. Mm-hmm. The only way something can be behind you is if you move forward. We don't want you to look back. We don't want you to think back. We don't want you to to consider anything from behind you. Keep moving forward. And if it gets hard to move forward, because it will, because you built some things inside of you that's still connected to him in so many ways. Get help. Yes, ma'am. Yeah, and part of that help um, really should be, let me rewind. The reason why it's so hard to go forward and we keep going back is because one thing that Kenyon and I are always stuck on is the idea that people become our habits. Our connection to people, how we respond to people uh, in our lives become our habits. The reason why you are still stuck here, even thinking about reaching out to his wife five months later, is because you have not properly not just gotten rid of him as a habit, but you have not replaced that habit with something else more productive, something more positive and something that's going to put you on a right path and in the right direction. Mm. 
And so he's still effectively occupying the part of your brain that says, I need him. I need to do something about him. I want him, whatever. So do yourself a favor and take a step back and begin to, as you're purging your environment from all things him, what are things that you can begin to do that replace the habit of him with something you, something that benefits you, something that is mm. going to feed your soul, something that's going to put you forward in a new light to yourself. What is it? There's an empty space that he has left and you have to, instead of keep piling his stuff back in that empty space, leave it empty and sit silently sit with yourself and figure out what can I do to replace the habit of him with something that is better suited for me. Amen. That was so good. I, I see some questions up there. You want to go ahead and grab them? We well, are... well, before before we jump to the question, okay, we got 20 minutes. Yeah, we have 20 minutes. I, can we address, because I know we have a lot of uh, people in, in the rooms and the audiences that deal with situations like this, right? Or that want to know what are some of the red flags that we should see? <laughs> you're good at this part you're good at this part sadly i didn't been through it so i know some of these red flags so you go ahead and address that i mean i, I know game i mean okay what's okay you start with the, with the fellas what's the game that some men you're always ambiguous about where you are and what you're doing yeah you're, you're either you're either always ambiguous ambiguous about where you are and what you're doing oh i'll be there in so long or i'll be doing this or you're uh creepily specific Okay, what do you mean? You're extraordinarily specific because if I can be specific about where I am at, at, at moments and times, then they'll never ask me any other time. You mm, see what I'm saying? Yes. So I'm at the gar I'm at the gas station pumping gas. Um, I'm buying a buying a pickle and a diet coke and <laughs> and uh, I'll be to you after I hit the tw the twenty dollar mark. Right. Right. Gas is. Gas is three dollars a gallon. You know, so you're saying they're very specific. So that it's, it's to the extreme of specific because right. that's a part of the game. Right. Okay? Right. Um, silent phones. Whenever some, whenever our phone is on silent. Now listen. Hold on. Wait a minute. Hold on. Hold on. Let's get this straight. All of these and isolated isolated sequences may not mean that somebody's married to somebody else. All right. All these in isolated places. Right. We don't want you going out here with the checklist. And if you see one, you <laughs> think that, no, you married, dog. I'm sorry. I can't mess with you. But understand that there are ways in which you can be socially engineered in order not to look. It's called sleight of hand. Mm. It's called prestidigitation. It's called magic. And what they do is they make you look that way so you don't look this way and see what they're doing up under the table. Right. That's very important. So all these different ways, I just want to make sure we say that because my phone stays on silence. Takara's phone stays on silent, but that's because we don't want to be bothered. Right. <laughs> but our phones are always unlocked. And if she and she has my code and I have hers, we have codes on them because uh, one of us lost the phone one time in California. And uh, one of us lost. If it was him, he would have said it was him. He was say one of us. One of us lost the phone. <laughs> and, you know, we just want to make sure it stays locked and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, um, conspicuously silent, conspicuously yeah. not answering calls, or, turning things over or getting calls at certain hours of the night that it shouldn't be getting the calls. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So I think 
for me, and again, because I've been through this, I start with what kind of job they got. I don't. I stopped dating dudes that had alibis to be away from me all the time. So I didn't want to date a police officer. I didn't want to date anybody in the military. I didn't want to date someone who traveled a whole lot for work. And 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 when they came home, so caveat traveled all the time and then when they came home they couldn't necessarily be with me when they got home oh they have stuff to do so like um you know not being available on evenings and weekends that's that's my number one go-to like what are you what are you looking like on evenings and weekends if you've been dating for all this time and you've never been to their house that's a red flag if you date if you're dating someone and okay some dudes especially don't like social media some people don't like social media but if they have zero presence online and then you don't have any access to people in their inner circle family friends whatever that to me becomes a red flag like why have I never six years why have I never gone to a barbecue with your family six years like yeah we're planning a future and everything is always a someday and a far off there's never a specificity as far as like where we're going and how long it's taking us to get there somebody said oh boy I'm dating a fireman don't you don't you leave don't that do fireman. it Danny no that's that different I've been watching uh Chicago uh fire, Chicago fire and I know they busy <laughs> <laughs> they are busy, so we I get know it. they're busy. Listen again, you got to be careful. There are, there are again, there should be complementing behaviors that says, okay, if somebody's a fireman, they're typically on, but like on five, off five, or something like that, or they're whatever. On a, they're on a specific. Schedule. It's a specific schedule. What are they doing on their off days? Like so, like things like that is like, are you able to hang out with them on their off days? And you know, there's just behaviors that should begin to send off red flags if you have multiple that are making you feel uncomfortable with the direction of your relationship. Right. Absolutely. I would really like to talk to this young lady and see how that happened for over six years, because really, to be honest, if a person is really good, there is no way you're going to know. Again, why have I never been there? Like, that's my number one. Because, again, I it has it wasn't well, he could a, have two houses. He could have two places to be that that's possible, too. That's possible, too. Typically, though, that second place ain't going to be as lavish. <laughs> it's going to be a bachelor pad. It's going to look like a bachelor pad. Like, but I'm right. But the honeycomb hideout. You stupid. <laughs> so there there are complimentary behaviors that go along with all this other stuff. All I'm saying is there should be clear indications of what our relationship is and where it's going and where it's headed. That lets me know that lets me feel comfortable about where we are. If you're working towards a a long-term relationship, begin to invest in one bank account. That's, that's a, that's a, that's something to play with. And what I mean by that is you both have your own, but begin to invest in the future. Mm-hmm. Start saying, I want to invest in the future. Can we can we just start putting something together? See what happens. That that's a good that's a really good but that only works if you're already agreed to go in a particular direction. That will not work if you're still in an assessment phase of dating. Right. Don't do that to some brand new bruh, because he's gonna be like, Listen, you crazy. Oh, somebody said a friend of mine had this happen and he was taking her to his house. See? See <laughs> See, I'm telling you. Okay, well when he go to the bathroom, look in the junk drawer, see whose name is on the mail. Okay. I'm just- <laughs> here's the thing. Here's here's one thing that we need to know. I think I'm I'm going to be absolutely honest. Social media, podcasts, blogs, and all these different 
um, TV shows has spoiled us into believing that there is a science behind understanding people to the T. Right. That's true. It has told us that if this, then this, that there's an algorithm that we can figure out whether <laughs> we're getting we're getting taken or played. Most of the people who get taken or played understand they were played. It wasn't easy. You're right, babe. And so it's very important for us to understand why we can point out all these different things. And while I really want to point out, and we'll do our best to give you these things, sometimes it's not going to be apparent. The other way, you have one level of discernment discernment that determines what you're looking for and you know who you're looking for and you've been, you know what character and uh, all this that you're looking for. But then you have the other level of discernment for our Christian brother and sisters where we, where we understand who God is and we have a relationship where we're, it's easy to tap us on the shoulder and hear that voice and say, nah, something ain't right about this cat. Right. So there has to be something additional there. Um, and sometimes... You're going to be you're, you're just not going to know. Right. And that happens. I think the more we turn, we throw out these ideas that's, that there's ways to figure it out, the more we 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 hurt the victims sometimes because then they're beating themselves up because why I didn't see this, that or the other. Right. So understand that this is not this is not a science. This is not as easy as people want you to think that it is. You are absolutely correct. So I apologize if I came off like sister girl. Oh, no, let no, me no. tell you. No, you came off what? from your experience. If you have experience, you got to shoot that out. Yeah, there. yeah, and and it is from experience. That's not bad. There's nothing to be sorry about. I just want people to understand that there's a little bit more to it. Yeah. So it's not a science. It's not an algorithm. Even though Takara is a professional um, detective, um, she is. I will say that the the whole idea behind even listing some of these things is that you should always be on alert and on guard. Don't allow someone to get you so caught up that you're not paying attention to your surroundings and their behavior in these situations. I think that's the bigger um, statement in all of this. Do Absolutely. not, uh, Kenyon always says, do not allow someone to sweep you off your feet without expecting where you're going to land, inspecting where you're going to land. Absolutely. Now, we had some questions we, over here. We, we just got one that popped up over here by Miss Watson, but um, I want to catch these because these came first. Yeah. So um, let's hurry up because we got getting like, all these messages. That's all right. Jesus. We got 15 Jesus. minutes, and you know how that go. Yes. So um, someone asked, she said, what if this man comes back years later trying to convince her that he has changed? She has even entertained the thought to take him back. And then she said, I always hear if it was meant to be, it will come back better. No, that's an algorithm. That's one of the, that's one of the way. Well, I, I don't mean to. Okay. I'm saying no to if it's meant to be, they'll come back. Mm -mm, mm -mm, mm -mm. Like don't, don't be guided by that. Don't be guided by, by all of these different, again algorithms that make it seem like it's a science or it's a message from above or fate or destiny you watch a person's behavior and you watch their characteristics now because this person has had that kind of behavior and held that kind of behavior for so long without telling you and you had to find out any number of years later is too soon <laughs> seriously i'm going to be honest with you 
it's too soon. I know there's going to be a familiarity. There's going to be a, a place in your heart where they'll always be. You've already built a built a habit of them in your head. They live there rent free. To they live there rent free free for some amount of time. So I empathize with the love you have for them. Let's not act like it's easy to say no. Right, right. But the reason why we do say no is because his character has already showed that he was able to do this for a consistent amount of time. And so there's not enough years, not in my lifetime, for someone to come back and then um, and 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 propose that they've changed when we really don't know what they've changed from. We didn't know who they were the first time. Listen, church. You see what I'm saying? That's so, so good. That's what I would suggest to anyone in that particular area. But I'm al- always empathetic to where your heart is. I know where you were. Yeah, I mean, and statements like that, you know, if you you know love someone, set them free, it was meant to be, they'll come back or it'll come back better. I think a lot of times we cling to those ideologies because it makes us feel better to believe that what we've invested in is gone forever. It's not gone forever. It makes us feel better to hold on to the hope that this person is going to come back change because then my heart can stop hurting. Then my brain can stop craving them. Then I can finally stop having nightmares about what they did to me. No, that's not what you're supposed to be using that time to help for. They've come back and said, okay, I've changed. But they're coming back saying, have they changed without acknowledging what their behavior, what that trauma did to change you. Right. And if it changed you, our prayer is that it changed you into someone that said, I'm never going to allow myself to go through that again. And by completely entertaining that idea and opening up yourself to the possibility of that is saying that I am dishonoring myself, my feelings and my healing in order to make sure that um, I can just accommodate, bring somebody back into my life to feel better for a moment. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. The other side of that, just to be, I don't want to belabor this point because I really want to answer this question. But the other side of that is the idea that someone finally came back and that proved that I'm worthy, Mm. that proved that I'm better, that proved that I was not worth the loss, that proved everything that I knew about me. And, and that is fulfilling in and of itself. Yeah. Um, be careful about that. When Takara mentioned trauma, you have to understand what that trauma looks like. And what that trauma looks like is the bad dreams. When someone goes through any period or point of or, or trial with PTSD, small P, not, 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 like, not like in a war or not in a violent, um, we're not talking violent criminal activities, but we're just talking about in these moments of having your, your whole life shook. Mm-hmm. Part of that is bad dreams. Part of that is not being able to eat. Part of that is not being able to sleep. Part of that is asking you yourself. Part of, part of that is going through the five stages of grief. Um, part of that is being stuck on the stage of negotiation if they come back. Right. Part of that is all part of the trauma. And we want you both. We want you guys to understand to that, you, that what what's going on in you is not so much that you're still in love but you're still traumatized. Thank you for listening to the Ask the Martins podcast, recorded live on social media and distributed to iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, and Audible. Now we can't grow without you, so help spread the love. 
Wherever you found us, rate, like, share, and leave a review. We are grateful to you and appreciate you in advance. Do you have a question for us? Then visit askthemartins.com. Ask us your question or ask for a friend. Once again, thank you for tuning in to Ask the Martins podcast. We hope you enjoyed the program.